Yo, yo, yo. What's up, all you burner stoners and potheads, and especially all you gardeners out there? This is Mr. Weedman and Big Earl with the Weedman 420 Chronicles Grow Hour. How are all you gardeners doing out there? Big Earl, what's going on, my brother? What's up, man? How we been? Doing good, man. Doing good. Like we talked about before we started recording, this day on a Monday night makes me excited. It takes all the, the fucking bullshit you have to deal with during the day because I get to record with you. And I get yeah. to get baked with you, my friend. So before we get started on the show, everybody, hopefully you're smoking some big fat doinks while you're listening to us. But Big Earl and I are about to get baked. And I'm smoking some Ursula Berry grown by Big Earl himself. Big Earl, I'm going to let you do the honors, man, while I get to hit this fucking bowl. <laughs> Ursula Berry is fire uh, from Hummingbird Hill, hopefully. We'll talk with him soon. Um, but uh, I'm smoking on... I rolled up some blueberry soda, one of the blueberry soda fino. Um, super, like, citrusy to berry terps. But my keeper had a funk to it also. So this actually isn't my keeper, but I, I still like it a lot. Um, very citrusy, very up, more uplifting, so I won't get so uh, zonked and maybe a little, <laughs> you know, be able to talk about <laughs> some uh, integrated pest management today, you know. So yeah. Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Some some IBM. The fuck is IBM? Oh wait, wait. I'm fucking sorry, man. I think I fucking said it wrong. What are we fucking talking about today? I thought it was IBM, IBM computer. Pest. IPM. IBM is a different a different uh, show. Yeah, <laughs> someone might be using an IBM computer still <laughs> from the seventies out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, okay. we are talking about bugs, pest. Integrated Pest Management is what it stands for, IPM. And Big Earl, tell us a little bit more when you're done hitting that nice fat doink you got in your hand. Tell us a little bit more about Integrated Pest Management. This is a good topic, everyone out there. This is something that I think a lot of people make mistakes on. Nutrients is my was my number one. This one I haven't had much problems with, so I don't really – I haven't really researched this a month, so I'm so excited about to learn more about this. And I'm especially excited to learn from you, but also who we have coming on on the next show, too, to talk about IPM, too. We'll talk about that at the end. But super stoked to learn more about this topic because you could have many different pest bugs. And you ain't calling the Orkin man to come to your crop and to your garden, that's for sure. So this is to help you handle pest that's in your garden. So tell us a little bit about, like, Integrated pest management, my friend. Yeah, so so IPM is is going to be more of a system that works together rather than you know when people think of pests, I think a lot of times they, okay, we have this bug, how do we get rid of it, or we have this mold, or whatever you want to call it, um, or whatever it happens to be. But really, when you get a well-rounded system together, it's going to be that's what when when I think of integrated pest management, it's all these different things working together. So you use this for for this mite, this for that mite. You know, you might be in an area where powdery mildew is way more prevalent. So you might have a little bit of extra powdery mildew prevention in your IPM, or, or it just it goes on and on. So that that's why you know I think a lot of people say, oh, I have this product and I'm good. Um, and really, at the end of the day, having this whole system that can work together is where we want to sit because it, it's, yeah, when you have a bug, you want to get get rid of it. But the prevention is really, you know, that's the best 
IPM or the best way to not get a problem is to run preventatives. So having your IPM, your, your personal pest management system in place that works for you is super duper important. So tell us a little bit more the importance of making sure you have proper IPM management in your garden or in your tent. And uh, what are some of the products out there that you see? Sure. You know, I don't know much. I, I We've talked before what I've used and we'll go into that in a little bit. But what are some of, what are some of the products out there that are good, safe, recommended? That's not going to get people sick. And especially if you're spraying it on your on your medicine later on, it's not going to get you sick. Yeah, exactly. I think there's maybe not so much a ton of confusion. There's a lot of misinformation, maybe more than confusion, but we'll call it confusion. Um, so we'll talk about the good products today. We're not going to bring up too many bad products. Um, just make sure you do your research. Make sure you ask about half-life that we'll get into. Make sure you ask, especially if it's something systemic, just make sure you ask. If it's ornamental, even some of the stuff they use on some of our foods, like you just don't want to spray it on your cannabis. So when we're, we're talking about your IPM for, for this argument or for, for just in general, you go, you got above your medium. So bugs that are on your leaves that are on your plant in general, flying around your room and you have below the medium, which sometimes they can fly around your room also. Um, but that's bugs that live in your, your medium, you know, a lot of times like fungus gnats and root aphids and little things like that. Um, I've had so fungus gnats. That's the only, that's the only pest I've had is some fungus gnats. And you so use diatomaceous earth and cleared I, her up. I sprinkled that on the top of the soil, and then I, I used those little yellow sticky things and put them all around my soil, you know, in the little stick. And then outside the tent, though, I had some fly paper. I, I had it actually pretty bad. I, I, mean, I wouldn't say it was horrible, but it was bad. And it definitely came – I know exactly where it came from too, which is the worst, and we can talk about that uh, in a, once you're done going through that. But I know exactly what product – soil I used and I never used it again. I know it came from there. hundred percent. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. Nats will do that sometimes. I mean, when you're talking about soil, some of it has already foods and different stuff broken down in it. It's stored outside for however long, wherever, you know, like it's hard to, a lot of those people will say, oh, there's no way it came from, from this bag or that bag. But Unless you're getting just perlite and color, something with no food, no anything in it, like it's very possible to get it from your mediums if if you don't know what you're looking for. But, I got it from I got it from before I forget because I'm gonna get stoned here really nice. So I got it from and I, I someone recommended it to me it wasn't you somebody I talked to like oh maybe I saw it online those little like um those little like disc and you put water in them and they they come up. So, but you're supposed to use like extremely hot water and let it soak in extremely hot water to kill anything out of there. And then you run cool water. I know a hundred percent. And I did that, but I still, still all of a sudden it was like, bam, they came out of fuck by like two or three weeks. All of a sudden I see one, I see two, I see th next thing I was like the plant, the plants were, you know, probably a couple months old. Next thing I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And those things, man, they get out of the tent. They fucking spread like wildfire. Yep. They go in your other soil too. So those fucking, those little fucking, those little rat bastards, man. <laughs> the drain ones in my experience have been the hardest to get rid of because the drain ones, dude, you can, they're not, they don't actually live in your, your they're more of a, a nuisance, you know, they're not like hurting your plants because they're still flying around. I just don't want bugs, but um, 
it's very possible too. People mix up root aphids with fungus gnats a lot. Adult mature root aphids look like they're, you have to get them under a scope to really tell the difference. They look just like them. Biggest difference is the root aphid lives in your root ball and it's near impossible to get rid of them unless you're using, you know, something live, but, but yeah, right. it's, it's, they, they can come from, from everywhere, you know? So it's definitely, um, we were talking to the prevention is going to get you way farther than the reaction, you know, Oh, I got bugs, you know, just prevention. We'll go over some preventative stuff. Cool. Um, but uh, so above like spraying on your plant, right? So there's different oils, um, alcohols they use a lot, especially with oils uh, and soaps. Uh, they use those a lot together. Also, you can use those separately. Um, a foliar food. Uh, I'm putting that on there only because it, the prevention, like like we were talking, a nice foliar food, you healthier plant. Healthier plants mean less bugs. Um, maybe a stronger cell wall, even if you're using something with a silica, like a diatomaceous earth. Um, or just the silica in general. And um, so foliar food can help even just make it harder for the bugs to, to get in there and, and set up. Um, a sulfur, you can use a, a powdered sulfur. Um, you can also burn sulfur. The the big thing with sulfur, I know we're, we're going to say it more than once. When you talk about sulfur and oil, you have to be super careful. If you spray them too close to each other, and I'm talking like weeks, some of them will say a month they will burn your plant. Like you will walk in there and stuff will not be happy. So just be careful. That's, that's a reason a lot of people don't use sulfur, but a really good sulfur um, is awesome. Like a good sulfur, you know, you just gotta know, um, I, the only one I've been told that is that superior uh, that I used that was nice was build a soil. Um, but sulfur, awesome. Um, burning it is going to be pellets in a little burner instead of uh, actual powdered for a spray. Kind of like the, kind of like when I was an altar boy with a little incense and a little thing. Kind of like that. Is that the kind of what it looks like? Uh, kind of. It's like a, a most of them, and a lot of them actually got recalled for fire problems. So do your research on that too. Uh, that was years ago. But um, it's basically like a hot plate in a little like. Have you seen those? things for char starting charcoal on a grill those like long oh yeah yeah chimney stars so that's the yeah. only way to do it never oh, use so lighter <laughs> fluid never use lighter fluid what are you doing yeah. then your food tastes like lighter fluid you want to use a chimney starter newspaper done 15 minutes later you got perfect charcoal it's basically one of those with a hot plate in the bottom of it and then another metal plate in there and you pour your sulfur into that and then it heats it up and it, when it heats up it releases a fog so um, so can I buy scented ones and I could sit in front of my plants and go da 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 while the sulfur not, just, I, I, I like the smell of sulfur. <laughs> you do not want to be in there. I don't I think even with liking that like it's hard to breathe. I've I set mine on timers generally when I used them. Um and it, if you go in there like you know, you know, like, oh my goodness, this my sulfur burner's going off. Um but it's just a really nice, really easy way and if you might have a damp basement and it might be really beneficial for you to sulfur burn the whole basement once a week. It helps with molds. It helps with all kinds of stuff. Yes, it will stink. It does stink for sure. But the fog is this layer on stuff. Um, helps with powdery mildew a lot. Um, outside it's really hard because the fog just blows away, you know, but if you have you know, indoors, it can, it can, the, the sulfur fogging is nice um, or at least an option. Um, gotcha. 
diatomaceous earth we already talked about, but it is awesome. And people I, utilize it. I love DE, man. It It, it is great. It, it is awesome. I found out about that about four or five years ago from a, a neighbor friend of mine. Cause I had some ant, I had an ant problem in the backyard and uh, he's like, dude, use Damascus earth. It's great. I'm like, what is it? He's like, Oh dude, it's just cracked. It's crushed. Seash- you can actually eat it. It's not harmful to anything. Your pets can lick it. It's not going to harm them. You can eat it. It's not going to harm you. This stuff is the greatest. And what it does is I'm just going to go into, it cause I'm excited. Cause it's something I know. Join back up. And what I like about DE is this. If you got an ant problem or a bug problem, it, it's harmless, odorless. It is great product, safe for the earth. Don't forget, you don't take care of Mother Earth. Mother Earth ain't going to take care of you. So this is a non-toxic product that what it does is, it, it especially with ants, because they have the outer, the exoskeleton, it gets underneath there, and it just freezes them up, and they just die. Oh, it's like yeah, it cuts them up. Yeah, so it's like sharp shards of knives going into their body, but it gets in everywhere. So if you have a very big bug problem you're, you're in your tent, man, I, I when I started growing and gardening, I started putting it on the top of my soil once I realized I could have. And then when I got the, the fungus gnats, that went all over the top of the soil because I was killing all the little worms before they bred into the gnat part. So, uh, but I, I, I do. This stuff is amazing so if you've never used it research it try it you will you will in you will save the planet and save yourself from any kind of toxicity pesticides out there so go ahead sorry i got excited because i knew about something <laughs> and that's, that's great too home pest is fantastic like people will just do a de sprinkle around their house sometimes yearly just hey yep. you know spiders don't like it nothing likes it it's and the coolest part you brought it up a little bit but it doesn't hurt anything bigger than those small bugs. It's just not big enough. If a bird stops and munches on it, not hurting it. Bees, it doesn't hurt. If you soaked a bee in, in it, you know, I like it as a spray. That's why I think it's underutilized a lot because a lot of people only know it as a powder. Get that in a spray. It is fantastic. I put it in a spray. I got to try the spray. I got to try the spray. I've never tried the spray before. I've always used the powder. Oh, that's great to know. Spray. Great. I love it. Go ahead. Sorry, brother. I got that tip. I was at a different garden and I was dealing with russet mites. It was a big garden. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the was a little bit too hard. He hit that way too hard. He hit that way too hard. We thought they were broad mites. They ended up being russet, being identified as russet mites. Uh, they're similar. I, honestly, we, we, had to talk to some different people and then send some pictures and stuff. But I talked to a buddy. I said, man, and he has a bunch of gardens. He's, he's a badass. He, he knows his stuff. Um, so do you have anything, any tips, any, anything, these things are, are effing me up. Like I want my quality. They're not allowing me. I can fight them. I can't get rid of them. And they're not allowing me to get the quality that I'm, that I'm not only used to, but that I will won't, I won't accept the quality I'm getting. It's not fucking worth it. So he gave me the tip on the diatomaceous earth spray. Um, it is badass. He didn't. Now I did talk to him about soap, and he didn't recommend the soap. But I have to say I do like it with the soap, um, and we'll go over that a little bit later. But the soap just kind of makes stuff stick to things, 
and I kind of like it. So, um, but it has been great for me so far. I use I use Diatomaceous in, in a few different areas, but um, nice. we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get back back on track. So, still above the medium, and you brought them up already too. The yellow traps or the blue traps, they they attract different things. So, if you know you think you have the yellow traps, are going to be like your fungus gnats and your root aphids and your small flying like fly bugs like that. And the blue ones are going to be, I believe they say like thrips and some other bugs that you can find on there. Um, but they do attract different things. Um, and those also I've been, you know, I, I'm not the expert on them, but I've always been told, look at insectaries on them. You know, don't get the super gooey ones. I think we we're talking about that a little later too. Um, and so one thing I do want to bring up is pyrethrins. Um, because what? Of, what was that? I'm still, I'm still confused by that fucking word. Pi who? Pyrethrins. <laughs> so pyrethrins. Um, it is a organic pesticide that is an extraction of a flower, the chrysanthemum flower, chrysanthemum. It is ornamental for sure, right? So great on, on bugs outside. Great on a lot of stuff. It claims, people claim by it, companies, certain companies, if you read different, that it's not systemic at all. You spray it, it goes away. The spray, I don't know. You know, you have to do your own research on the pyrethrins. I know that I have had a friend gardening, and he was using it as medium. He was watering it in. And when he got his flowers tested, he failed tests because of the pyrethrins. Gotcha. So, um, definitely something there. He did, wasn't doing it the last day of flower, you know? Um, so definitely something there. I don't use it. Um, I wouldn't, don't want to use it outside. I don't, I don't like it just cause it kills everything it hits. The, the, the last time and really only time I've used it a couple times, these ground bees were fucking up my life, bro. These bees were outside. <laughs> I'm trying to mow my lawn, just getting like running across the yard, screaming. Cause I'm just getting, <laughs> I got stung probably like 20 times. Oh jeez! Cause you don't realize that you're on top of them. And then all of a sudden they're like stuck in your clothes. Like that's what they're doing with me. At least they're trying to sting me through my clothes. So they get stuck in my clothes. By the time one actually gets me, I got like seven of them stuck on me. Also kind of getting me at the same, like I was just getting got. So it was one of those things where I was, it was no mercy. Um, but yeah, pyrethrins, just, um, if you're really looking for something that's like, Hey, what this hits, it kills. It's an option. Just do your research. I, um, I personally wouldn't recommend it, but it's worth mentioning. Um, another thing for above the medium that a lot of people don't, don't take, don't even think about is just a really high pressured spray, especially outside. Some, some people do just getting if you can do a really high pressure spray and knock these bugs off that can be a ton of battle like you know like it's nice to get them with a little soap a little oil but if you're getting like later in flower outside and you're noticing a problem or something just a really and you really want to high pressure spray everything i want it to be as high pressured my sprayers the pressure release i don't have like some big crazy cool dram sprayer but the pressure release i pump it until the pressure release starts giving um, because I want it to be really hitting my plants hard. 
Um, another th thing that a lot of people don't think about is your airflow. A lot of people, when I talk to them at least, their their thoughts are, well, the more air, the more it's going to push around the bugs. And that is true. But it doesn't push around the bugs like take it from point A to point B, which it might a little bit. But really what it does is it creates, if you have a good airflow between like aisles or lanes or as much air, if you have like your stem of your plant and then you have like a foot and then you start branching out under that, you know, above your pots or right with your pots, having good airflow, bugs don't want to leave home. So if they're trying. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave home either. I, yeah, I understand if you're them. Walking, <laughs> if you're walking outside and it's like a blizzard out there, you're just turning around and going back. So yeah, it's not only a good. way. Yeah, it was minus. It was minus three today. I didn't want to fucking leave the house. <laughs> it was so cold over there. It was like twenty some degrees. I couldn't believe. I saw people posting how cold it was. I was like, we we're in Michigan. And I'm getting it. We we're. I think it was twenty something today at the lowest. That's wild. But the airflow is huge. Um, I have had instances where I've worked with huge gardens, and they've okay. My job was to do the biggest influence for the smallest input of money basically and so i went through and i evaluated and that's what i ultimately said add a fuck ton more air in here You're, a lot of those because they were having a bunch of different issues so a lot of those are, are going to go away uh, maybe not go away but you can contain them you can keep them from from getting too big of a of a uh, population and don't get me wrong if you, you can't just do airflow and be like i'm good but it just kind of gives you a little buddy that's always there and, um, you know, you can, when you have a bug problem, if you have a proper airflow, like I'll know if I have, sometimes I get some gnats around and I haven't had root aphids for a while. Oh my goodness. But, uh, I know <laughs> almost before my yellow traps because I use inline fans and they where they're like hitting a wall. I like them. I like hitting walls because I have very little room outside my trays. So I'll point them down an aisle alley or like an aisle at a wall because it hits that wall and then it disperses the wall. And so I'm not like nailing my plants, but as it disperses the wall, it's kind of like getting everything a little bit. Right. But I know just because the bugs hit the wall right there. Like I'll see four or five gnats and be like, oh shit. And I'll go down and look and see a few on my yellow cards because I usually lay those on the trays. And so, you know, but um, yeah, well-directed air is awesome. Nice. And then, the last thing, which we're not getting into this a ton today, we will in the future, um, but the biologicals, you know, like predatory mites, there's good and bad mites, uh, ladybugs, different things like that. Um, a lot of people I'm bad about those fucking ladybugs. They don't like to fucking stay home. They fucking leave. Oh, they only the stick ladies. around. They only stick around for a little bit. <laughs> if you're inside, be prepared for there to be dead ladybugs freaking everywhere. I mean, those, yeah. they will eat. And they will do their thing, especially if you give them like somewhere to kind of live and and try to help them out a little bit until your problem is gone. If they eat your problem, most usually spider mites is what people have them in there for. Um, and they'll keep going, you know. But then the problem, then their population outweighs the mites, and they start dwindling. They, they're hungry little fuckers, aren't they? They eat like they fucking oh, they they eat savages. They go head yeah. first. When you yeah. watch, it's, they're eating the face first. Like it's just sad. Like it's they're, they're fun. Um, outside, I like them a lot. Outside, get, get, if you're outside, get a bunch of flowers, and get some ladybug houses or bug houses like that. And I'm telling you, you will have the good bugs come. 
and they will fuck those bad bugs up. All they need are the, are the flowers, really. A bunch of flowers. You'll love it. And just, and what, if I get, what if I get a friend praying mantis? What if I got a little fucking praying mantis style going on? Can I keep one of them in the tent? If they stick around? They sell them. You can you can buy little mantis eggs. I don't know if you want to release it in a tent. Um, so the mantis, they I don't know if they would actually eat like russet mites and really really small mites and bugs like that. Gotcha. Um, but is my I've seen people have like small mantis eggs and like release them in their garden. Um, but outside, I bet that'd be badass. Like all the little fucking little yeah. prey mantis style, just killing everybody. But um, and then another thing that a lot of people don't talk about or know about outside the industry, at least. Um, and I hope I don't butcher the name, but the Bouveria bassiana, a predatory fungus. Um, ah, ah, it's a- delicious. Ah, very good. Ah, very good, Earl. <laughs> is a badass product. Different companies have patented their different types of it. And basically what it is is a fungus that kills bugs. It's badass because if you can get it to live or culture or whatever the definition would be in your pots, it's a constant deterrent to any bug. Any bug that walks in there, it just grows on and kills. Doesn't fuck with your plant at all. You can spray it, you know, um, but I, I, I spray it on my medium, but people do spray it above the medium, but I really like it on, on below the medium. Um, cool. I'll have to remember that. Something like that'd be dope. It's cool. Even spraying it above the medium. If you, the, the, the thing about above and below the medium is below the medium, you can keep it alive and keep it kind of going above the medium. It hits it. If you can hit a bug, yes, it'll grow. If you don't hit a bug, it's not living very long on the plant. It, um, I believe they say it's good to spray even into flower. I don't really like spraying no. anything in flower, but oh yeah, <laughs> I think they claim that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that claims that. Um, again, guys, do your research. But um, yes, do your research. So, you, you don't forget you got to smoke that too later on, yeah, exactly. or eat it, or whatever you're using for your gardens. So be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, so we go to below the medium. So everything under where your roots are going to be under what you're seeing. Uh, we talked about sulfur. Sulfur is great for below the medium. Also a little powder on top. Um, I use it even when I like it, like, yes, I like that it deters bugs, but I use it for different reasons. Um, I think that it helps bring out a kind of funk. So in some strains, I want to bring the funk and I'll use it there. Um, diatomaceous earth. Thing we already brought up, sprinkle on top. Um, pyrethrin, we already brought up, can be watered in and sprayed, but just do your research on that stuff. Um, and then the, the biological, that would be different. Um, so the Bouveria we talked about with the fungus, but nematodes you can use in the medium. And I, like a good, I like a good nematode. They're awesome. They work, and they, they have some, they're, they're specific. You have to know, you know, there's some for like deeper soils and more shallow soils. And I was even listening to a podcast not long ago talking about a company patenting a encapsulation process of nematodes where you can water them and they can actually sink a little deeper. Uh, I can't remember the company. Um, It wasn't U.S. based, but. It was pretty, they're, they're doing some cool stuff. You know, I think cannabis is pushing forward a lot of that safer, safer, 
alternative stuff because it's so Fuck strange. yeah, man. They better because we got to put that shit in our body, man. I, oh, I yeah. mean, all yeah. the pesticides we already taken in our body. I don't want to smoke. I don't want it anymore. I want good, strong, healthy cannabis. Yeah, medicine. You know, it's, you know, but. Um, so that's tops and bottoms and some tips, right? Yeah, so tell us about those tips. We came in, we came up with a bunch of tips on like, Hey, don't fucking do this. Um, so first off, no alcohol under the medium. You can spray that shit. Some of it can drip on your medium. You're cool. Don't water alcohol. Your plant will die. Any plant will die. It will zap your roots. You will die. Not you. It will die. You will probably be okay. Your plant will die. Oh, um, baby. <laughs> don't spray during the day. I have heard. That's a crazy thing. It's like when people say don't flush. It's like, don't like, oh, that's fine to spray during the day. No, do not spray during the day. I don't care if you have a surfactant, which just makes the, to the, water not clump up so much, you know, and that then limits your burning. But I really like to spray. I want my spraying to be done about 15 to 20 minutes before my lights turn on. I don't care if my plants are a little wet. I just don't, the more time the lights have like direct heat and you have droplets of water, you're going to burn shit. Um, but I do that because I let my lights then help my humidity. So it's not all on the dehue. You know, because it's, when it's dark, the, the lights will zap out humidity a little bit, like bring it out in the air. <laughs> and so it'll, uh, I just try to use it together there and normalize my room as quickly as possible. Um, get a pesticide sprayer. Don't use a spray, you know, spray bottles. If you're in a tent, I get it. But a pesticide sprayer, we can get a really good pressure. You can get a really fine mist if you want it. Let you like change the adjustment on the end of the wand. It's going to do a ton. You, I, I can... It's, I can't guarantee anything, but I can say that you're going to have one hell of a time getting rid of any kind of pest problem if you have a, just a little, like, pump spray bottle. Um, and they sell they sell mini ones, too. They don't <laughs> – I mean, some people might be thinking of the big spray or the big green ones or whatever. They sell yeah. smaller ones you can get. I use a half gallon all the time. I, I like to water my clones that way. I like to water, like, new seeds I water with a sprayer. So I just put my feed into that. And so I have a half gallon, a one gallon, and a two gallon. It just depends on the job I'm doing because I don't want to have a gallon and a half of extra spray that I just poured or I don't need or whatever at the end of this stuff. And so, you know, it is what it is. Not that you need that. But, yeah, they come in small ones, like you said. Um, speaking of surfactant, I like – I really like using, like, a soap. Um, they make, like, cocoa wets great. Um, it reduces the surface tension of the water, making it way just more refined. So you don't get those big droplets. It gets better coverage. Uh, if you think of it from like our point of view or something to compare, it would be like you're walking outside and it's raining. You're not dodging one of those pieces of rain. And if those rain, that piece of rain can kill you, you're not getting out of the rain. But if you're walking outside and there's like a meteor shower and a meteor is hitting, little meteors hitting it one per every square mile, you're probably going to be able to dodge that fairly easily, you know? So that's where it is with the bugs too. So using a soap or something, soap will stick to, will help it stick a little bit too, but I think helps a lot. You know, I, I nice. know to, to really get rid of a problem, not using something like that. So uh, the next tip I'm reading here is, um, 
is uh, spray under the leaves first and then come back over the top. That probably even better having that spray, but the small, whatever, the, the, the pressure spray to get it. Cause it's not easy to spray fucking underneath there. You know, if you're using just a spray bottle, you're going to lose the water is going to go and you're not going to get any water pressure at all. So that makes perfect sense for spraying underneath. Yeah. Cause the wands are usually tilted a little bit even. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and it's nice. So it is, yeah, you can spray on top and then underneath, but I think you'll find, or I do by the time I'm done spraying underneath, if I'm spraying well, the tops of them are almost 100% all wet. Is like the the drops coming down pretty much handle it. So I might do like a light spray over the top after that. Um, but underneath, you know, and that's where the bugs like to hang out, especially the shitty bugs. The bigger Damn the bug, the easier it's going to get be to get rid of. When you get the bugs that you can't really see until you get a microscope, those are the ones that freaking suck. <laughs> those are the ones that like get into your plant and it doesn't matter what you do there's you know 10 or 20 or 50 percent of them hiding in places you literally can't get to and like those bugs are the not fun um we already talked about the oil and sulfur sprays that's a for real thing like you, you will know you will, yeah you will know um also, with sulfur is super picky in general. Like, you don't want to spray sulfur more. I think they tell say one time a week. Um, if you oh. start doing it too much, you burn. You will burn the shit out of your plants. Um, and it's, it's not like a, oh, that's kind of burned. It's like a, this round is done burned. Yeah, you done <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I've done it a couple times. I was like, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm just, I was just was done with sulfur. Because when you talk about oil sprays, and alcohol sprays and soap sprays, you can use them pretty much as frequently as you want. Most of them, some of them you can't, but you know, you don't have to worry. Like when I was, I have my schedule. I don't, you know, but if I want to spray today because I see something weird, I can spray my plant wash, you know? So, um, another thing that a lot of people I don't think do is dip your clones, dip your small plants. Don't spray, dip them. If you can dip them, dip them give them a good dip <laughs> it is so the, the amount of coverage you know if you have a, a pest problem you it is very possible to take clones you know you have a pest problem in your mom room you can take your clones put them into a good solid dip clone them get rid of your moms and have you know clean your room really really well and be done with a pest problem you know like it's Keep taking care of your clones are very easy that way. It's very cost effective. It's quick and uh, it's super effective. Um, we're, we're getting we're getting to the end of the tips here, but um, just know <laughs> anytime you use biologicals, they need an environment too. So if you're using some kind of predatory mite or something, know what it likes environmentally and make sure you're getting the right one. Make sure they're not saying use this kind when that kind isn't very good in heat and you know your room runs kind of hot, like just just know they need an environment as well, just like a plant, the bugs do. So make sure you're getting the right bugs when you're getting bugs. Um, make sure you wear protection, guys. There is some shit out there. Yeah, make like, sure you fellas out there, you better wear fucking protection because you want a bunch of little fucking pests running around. <laughs> <laughs> it's, true to, it's true to form everywhere, guys. Just protect <laughs> everyone. Men and women alike. 
You're one bunch of little pests running around if you ain't protecting yourself. <laughs> and that's the Ursula. That's the Ursula Berry talking. Yeah, the Ursula Berry. And we were talking before too about like there's there's products out there like neem. People think oh it's organic, Ooh. it's good. But like when you're spraying neem, you do not you I didn't even know until doing some research on it because I was thinking of it as an option uh, in some other stuff. And I was, I was like, it's, you do not want to spray that without like proper, all geared up, like vented mm-hmm. mouth, zipped up gloves. It, you no know, bueno. No bueno. There's a lot of stuff like that. You just don't want to be breathing it in. So, um, you know, they say neem, it's almost like uh, pyrethrins. It's pyrethrins are an extraction of a flower. Pretty sure neem oil is just an yes. oil off of what was that? It it is. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, and it's just like, but you just they're just they aren't our they aren't our people. They you don't like them. I'm not, you can use neem oil for your house plants or your fucking outdoor sure. like garden, but don't spray it on your food, and don't spray it on your cannabis, please, because it's but, we've done some we've read some articles about neem oil on the show on the Chronicles, and it's been proven it, it fucks people up. So just yeah. neem oil bad. The, the your, problem your food too, and cannabis. with outdoor stuff is bugs. It'll it'll kill bugs when it hits it, but it, it leaves this oil layer, and bugs hate it. Good and bad bugs. So you'll run out your good populations, and those good bugs do a lot. You know, we don't see it, but good bugs do a lot outside. Good bugs are huge. They can be everything for you. Um. So the last little tip here, I wanted to go over the Bavaria Bastiana because I was dealing with this. I, I, I went into a garden, they had root aphids and they had a lot of plants and cutting down, like restarting everything was an option. And so I read a lot on it and a bunch of different products and how a bunch of different products said to use it. And I went back through and I tried to find the specific product and I, I didn't, but it doesn't like a long saturation period. It doesn't want to be in water very long. Um, it doesn't want to be in like a very super saturated medium for very long. Uh, that's why cocoa, I think it's a little bit harder to actually get the full benefit of that fungus. Um, so what I like, I like to use just, just, just throwing it out there for everybody. Cause it works really, really well for me. I like cloth pots. And I spray the entire outside of the pot and my top of my medium. Mm-hmm. I run cocoa. I water a lot. And I know it's not going to be able to live in my cocoa. And that's cool. But I figure anything that goes in has to come out at some point. And that's when my fungus is going to zap you. And I'll tell you what. I, I, I culture it. I spray it three days every other day when it's young in solo cups. And then after that, I spray once a week. And the product's a decently expensive product, but when you spray it like that and you're only using two gallons a week tops um, for an okay little garden, you know, it uh, it's pretty cost effective and it works super, super well. So, and that, that was the, uh, the, 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 Italian dinner, the Italian, Italian meats. I mean, Italian pe- uh, bugs. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of those bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very Bassiana. Yes, that's very good. Very nice. <laughs> um, some of that, so the, the products I've used of those, uh, No Fly and Botanigard are the two that I really like. No Fly is a powder, Botanigard is liquid. 
Um, no fly wants to be in a fridge, it says. I don't believe Botanigar's directions said it needed to be refrigerated. Um, when you talk so, about... Sorry, so, no, so no fly is for uh, for what? Flying bugs? And then what is the other one? The, the, the Is that for your under your medium? And one is for above your medium then? What no, is they're it? both Bouveria bassiana. Oh, okay. They're different um, patented, I'm assuming. They're different strains of it, if you want to call it that. So both companies have said, hey, this one's a little different. This is ours. And those are just two that I've used and that worked really well for me. One's gotcha. a liquid, one's a powder. Um, that no-fly was really hard to get. Uh, I used the Botanigard, and I liked it. I used the no-fly, and then I started spraying, and I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. And I couldn't get it. And so then I just went back to the Botanigard and sprayed, and I said, well, this is just good spraying it. Um, nice. It was in a liquid. The Botanigard, I think, was a slightly more expensive to run. Um, but it was in a liquid, so that's anything in a liquid compared to a powder. That's just for shipping prices and how the world works these days. And packaging is going to be a little more expensive usually. Um, so no fly on that's the Bassiana. Um, we talked about the oils and the waters and stuff. Uh, so oils, ISO, and alcohol mixes, Lost Coast Plant Therapy, and Green Cleaner. Not Green Clean, Green Cleaner. Green Clean is also a, a product, but you want Green Cleaner. Um, both of those are oils, alcohols, and or alcohol and soap. Super cool products. They're kind of expensive, honestly, for what they are, but they really are nice. They really work well. Um, I would call them like a plant wash more than anything because you can use them every day if you wanted to, and you, your plants would love it. And anything, any bug they hit, where they'd probably kill. Um, and bugs don't typically get a, uh, don't grow to be able to withstand it because it's not killing by, by actual, like, chemical. It's killing by suffocating the bug and then drying it out with the alcohol. So gotcha. the soap and the oil sticks to it. The oil also kind of like, and, and they leave like a little sheen on the plant. I really, I like those. Those are, are nice uh, products. Um, Suffoil X is a cool product. I Suffoil X, especially outside, because Suffoil X, unlike the the other stuff, the sheen it leaves won't deter bugs after it's sprayed. So, gotcha. like when you have bugs, you want like so you go out there and yeah, you want to hit all the 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 good the good thing about spraying something like that outside is every bug you hit you kill. The bad thing is outside you have good bugs too. But good bugs are only hanging out on the plants to eat, where bad bugs are always going to be on your plant. They don't leave. That's where they live. That's where they stay. That's why they're bad. So uh, Suffolk X is nice outside. Um, would be a, a nice option, at least, I, I would say. Um, and then Dr. Bronner's we talked about is awesome soap, awesome company. I use Dr. Bronner's. I use Dr. Bronner's for two things, taking a shower and spraying bugs. You know what you shouldn't <laughs> use it for? Don't wash your freaking car with it. Nope, never done that. So, Bro, I, I did it. I was like, oh, I didn't have a soap. And I was like, this is a nice soap. It left like, I had to like super shine it, Miyagi style. <laughs> because it left like this white wax on my whole car. But it was wax. It was clean as hell afterwards. But it took me something I thought was going to be a quick wash. Like, I'm just getting some dirt off my car. It took me all day. 
Um, it was like, nah, at first I thought I ruined my car. I was like, oh my God, I just ruined my car with, so, with this $9 bottle. So, oh, dude. Now show um, me sand. Now show me sand the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not really. I, I bet you don't want to use it on your hardwood floors either. Yeah, nope. Um, we already talked about that build the soil sulfur. I haven't heard about anything besides build the soil being. I haven't heard any other like brands or anything like, hey, this is better. But the build the soil definitely does seem better. I couldn't say that, I, like, oh, I ran this side by side or did any of this or any of that, but just like handling it and kind of working with it a little bit it doesn't clog my sprayer as much. Um, but I don't use sulfur really much anymore, so I haven't been. You know, the only time I'll use sulfur ever is if I'm really worried, like, oh, I might have a pest in here. I like, I'll do a dip in it with my clones because they sit for two weeks before I spray them with anything anyway. Gotcha. But um, the living bugs, the uh, for, for the, the, the yellow bug traps, like for the bugs flying around, get those bad boys from insectaries. Insectaries are badass, guys. Um, just Google them, look them up, find one close to you. They have live bugs. They have super smart people that work there. If your garden's any decent size at all, for sure, even a smaller garden, get a couple of homies together, order some light. Don't pick up bugs in your shop. You don't want to, unless those unless your shop's on it, on it. Bugs are, when you go to insectaries, they have overnight shipping. You're getting those bugs the next day. When you go to shops, that was overnight shipped to a warehouse, which was then taken, you know, to the shop. Who, who knows? Maybe if you're lucky, it was overnight shipped to the shop last week, you know? So just know where your bugs are coming from. And those traps are going to be better at the insectaries and cheaper probably. Um, foliar food we brought up. My favorite foliar food, I don't really like the line, but the foliar from Heavy 16 is a fantastic foliar. Um, it leaves a nice little sheen on your leaves. You you can tell your plant loves it. Um, if you want to go cheaper, because the Heavy 16 is a little bit of an expensive line, uh, I don't really like. Their Prime is nice. Uh, they have a product called Prime. It's got a lot of little, like, minos and stuff that's just veg plants seem to really like. But it's, it's just a very expensive line. Um, Cost-effective, Epsom salt. Oh, there you uh, go. Sulfur in it too. And you just, you spray that on top of the soil and and your and your foliage, or, or just is that just for the leaves? Yeah, I just spray all my leaves. I'll put it in like okay. some Epsom salt in with some Lost Coast Plant Therapy. Um, it seems like that's a little uh, cheaper usually, but that and Green Cleaner are like the exact same thing. The alcohol soap, um, oil mixture that we've talked about a few times. And put some Epsom salt in there and just give her the old spray. It's mostly, it's just magnesium, really. Um, but it also has the sulfur in it. So it's just under a nice little foliar. Nice. Um, so one thing that we haven't really talked about, or a company, I should say, more than anything, is a company that I really like called Marone Bio. These guys, M-A-R-R-O-N-E Bio. They have this three-part system for cannabis. It's called Regalia, Venerate, and Grandivo. The Regalia is the powdery mildew. Um, it's an it's a extraction. I believe it's knotweed is what they call it. But it's a knotweed extraction, and you can spray it or water it in. I would recommend to water it in. 
Um, you can spray it, but it's kind of a dark, thick substance, and it stains. Ooh. It stinks. <laughs> it stains. Yes. So you, Ooh. if you have, you know, if you're using um, PVC pipe or anything, it, you know, your plant, you know, it won't stain your plant. Your plant, I'm assuming, net absorbs it, but um, it stains the walls, the wood. The, I have right outside my reservoirs. I, I had a, a little thing fall over of it and so on my wall is this big black spot um, <laughs> it kind of looks like a cave painting so i actually put a sticker of a mammoth right there and i just <laughs> like it's a cave, a cave painting <laughs> i'm too lazy to take everything out and paint over it but uh it, uh, it gets me through the day um it stains it's it's not so it's it's a little sticky like it's just not super fun i like to water it in when you water it, it if you run a reservoir, it will aerate super hard. It will create like a little bubble bath. So make sure your reservoir has a it's not very full because it I came back to like a little rave scene the first time I used it. <laughs> it was very, very bubbly. Uh the Venerate and Grandivo is a combo. It can be sprayed and watered in. Um but they say to use Venerate one week, Grandiva the next week. It's it's uh, one works better for one type of bug, and the other works better for another type for sure. Um, but they'll both kind of work for everything uh, in that in that aspect, and it it makes it so the bugs don't get a don't build up a tolerance. So they go back and forth on those. Um, kind of an expensive line, honestly, um, but very cool. They're super progressive in cannabis. They've been doing it for a long time. They claim right on their website, you can spray in, like until flower, I'm pretty sure, like the day before flower and you won't fail tests. Um, I don't like going off of when you'll fail tests because uh, my standards are higher than what those tests would be. But because um, you can fail tests with all kinds of shit, you know, but uh it's still cool to have. It's still a cool option. So Marone Bio, if you want a cool company just to look up, they're innovative. Um, they're leading leading the industry in some cool shit. Nice. So let's move on, man. That was great. Between like the tips and then some product knowledge and stuff. But uh, what's biological versus pesticides? Yeah, so I think people get a little so they hear pesticides and it's like, oh, oh. But there are some some pesticides like diatomaceous earth is considered a pesticide, you know. Um, so their pesticide doesn't necessarily mean bad. Um, where it just, it just means that it's a product. Where biological means it'd be alive. So we have predatory funguses. We have predatory bugs. Um, that's pretty much the extent. I don't know what like nematodes. I don't know if the, what those would be considered bugs or what family those would be in. But we have these predators that we can use to kill the bad guys. So nice. that's biological. Sorry, my throat just got super dry. <laughs> it's probably from that big rip. And you've been doing a lot of talking. You've been in mostly all the talking. So... It's kind of nice. Yeah. I just get stony baloney and I just get yeah. to have fun. <laughs> yeah, so biological, anything alive, those bugs, fungus. I don't know about predatory bacterias. I haven't heard of that, but dude, I'll tell you what people talk and it's like, 
you hear somebody say, oh, weed's going to save the world. But if you look at it from so many different points of view, and it's totally an accurate statement, like from medically to like the advancements we're making recently and like just everything, a lot of it, even in these like pesticide stuff, it's so cannabis driven because it's such a, a cash crop and there's money behind it. And now people can Six. see their money coming back. The sixth largest crap as of now. Dude, and it's not even legal in like any like most of the places is not and if it is legal, it's so scrutinized, it's so hard to you know, like it's just crazy. Create it, you're so, right, man, hundred percent. So that's biological pesticide. Pesticide doesn't mean it's bad. Pesticide just means it's gonna kill some fucking bugs. And there's good ways to kill bugs, you know. There's good, good ways and, and bad ways. You know? Yeah, we're finding out right now. So what's What's where do they fucking come from though? I I I mean I mentioned what happened to me, but there's there's I mean a lot of ways you can get bugs outdoor and indoor. So when I was at the shop, and somebody comes in, they say, "I think I have a bug problem. Here's a leaf. You know what's going on." First off, please don't do that to your local shop. <laughs> Bringing in a leaf doesn't say a bunch. If you really want to help them, get some traps out, take some pictures, do some, you know, some close-ups. If you, you know, if you have a trap and a really good picture and don't have a scope or something, maybe bag it and bring it in. But, you know, um, number one is, did you get in any plants recently? Because even if those plants, everybody's IPM schedule, everybody does something a little different. Bugs like different atmospheres mildews like i've had plants that i've gotten that didn't show powdery mildew like my very first run in in one of the gardens i have now didn't show powdery mildew at all and then all of a sudden in in flower i'm like holy crap where's this coming from and he actually got a hold of me and was like oh i saw some breakout in flower in my mom room so it waited like it, it just it just depends you know but the plant and other plants coming in that if you just got plants in and you're seeing bugs or mold problems or, or any, that's where they, that's where it came from. Um, 99% of the time. That's that's like, you don't even have to, like, that's where it came from. Um, other places though, it is possible that it came in on you, especially if you know, you have like a plant with powdery mildew outside, you know, you've seen some kind of damage on, on plants outside or you work in another garden on you is definitely possible. And for sure on your animals, they spend a lot of time outside. If they're coming into your house, it might go from your animal to you. If you're letting your animals downstairs, they might just go downstairs. I, um, I treat my yard because of that. So I like my, my dogs to be able to go into my bedroom with me. They like to be in there. Um, they're not allowed in the flower room and they know that, but I spend half my time in veg anyway. They, and wait, wait, hold on. So I've been to your, your grow been to 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 and i've seen your three awesome dogs so well trained so well behaved but yes they love going into the the your 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 one room but yeah. they don't fucking go past the line i yeah. mean they stop like like you don't even have to say anything i, I was like i turned on like those dogs don't come in he's like oh no and they know not to pass that line i was like damn that's fucking bad and i asked you why they pass that line those dogs, they know one thing, it's how to get a treat. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we all? That's true. <laughs> but, 
but yeah, I and dude, I love my dog being down there. So it was like, man, I don't want like I spent a lot of time down here, and I love like potting plants and having a, a dog lay on this foot and a dog lay on that foot, and maybe being able to give them little butt scratches anytime that I can. And uh, you know, I, I like you know, uh, it's it's fun to me. It makes it you know so. But I I spray my yard and um, with diatomaceous earth mostly. Um, but um, and I treat the outside of my house and I just try to make sure uh, that the diatomaceous earth in the yard is good for like ticks and stuff too. So nice, that's great to know too. Yeah, remember that everybody. If you like got a nice big like backyard or if you live close to a forest or something like that, you know, just throw fucking sprinkle some shit because ticks on dogs suck. <laughs> and spray you spray that shit out there. You yeah. can just you just spray you just spray that whole yard down and just soak that stuff. Why are some pesticides bad? So, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons, but to me, the worst, the worst pesticides have half-lives, um, meaning they're systemic. What a systemic pesticide does, something like Avid, which is, goes into your plant, and if it might eat your plant, it dies, or at least where it's spread. Um, or Eagle 20, where it goes into your plant and they say for 45 days, you're good. Your plant can have pottery mildew. It's not going to pop up. And they're right. It's great. Um, if you have a whole fucking field of pottery mildew, it gets rid of it and it works for a while. Um, but half-life particularly, I think there's a little confusion behind it. Because when people hear half-life, at least a lot of people that I, that I have talked to and worked with and tried to explain stuff to, um, they think, okay, as a 45-day half-life, that means after 90 days, there's 0% of this in anything. So if I'm being really, really careful, if I'm running a 70-day plant, I just make sure I don't spray. I have two weeks in veg before I go into flower, and this is 100% out of my plant. That's not what half-life is half-life is the amount of time that it takes for half of it to be gone so if like eagle 20 i believe it says it has a 45 day half-life so 45 days 50 percent of its effectiveness 50 percent of its poison whatever the f you want to call it is in that plant 45 days and 90 days 50 percent of that 50 percent is in that plant Damn. So 90 days, 25%. At 135 days, 12.5%. At 100 and fucking, what is that? 140, 70 days, 6.25%. So it's like you, you, you don't, you don't, people have claimed that they spray their moms and they can find it in testing. People have claimed they haven't sprayed their moms for a long time and they find it in testing. People have claimed they, I've never sprayed it at all. Um, they must have sprayed the clones, you know, whatever. And who knows who's being honest and what, what, you know, who's saying what, you know, but, um, just know that when people, oh yeah, this takes care of it. Oh yeah. There, there's stuff out there that for sure takes care of stuff. Most stuff at least. But when they deal with half lives and it gets nasty like that, like just stay, I'm, my advice would be stay away from it. Um, you know, you can say, well, these guys said that, so I'm going to take their word for it. But at the end of the day, some of that stuff's nasty. And it, when it hits high temperatures, 
it turns into like some gases that hurt. Like it's not just like some harmless stuff. Like and and spraying it is bad too. Like you don't. There's like reentrance times for that shit. So um, <laughs> you know, watch out for that. If it says half life, just know what that actually means and know what you're actually getting into there. Gotcha. Well, we all know the best. The best. What's the best defense? It's not an. It's being an offense too, I guess. When it comes to the best defense, is the best offense. The best offense is the best defense, I guess. When you're playing against pest, right? You got to have a good offense with this, but you also got to have a really good defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your offense could almost be like your like what we've been talking about, where your def what, like the the sprays and the stuff that you can do. Where your defense could be your plant itself. Um, so the just a really healthy plant and soil can be a fantastic defense like you can it's it, it is hard and we talked about this a little bit with magic beans he said you won't get bugs on on healthy plants and and i would have to 100 percent agree with that outdoors indoors you know you can have really healthy plants and just get a bug bug problem because there's zero predators and it's, it's working around your ipm somehow um i'm not saying you know everybody has their experiences but um I think that it definitely makes it so much harder when you have a really thick, healthy cell wall, a really strong, it's like with us, if you're really strong and healthy and you get a cold, it's probably not going to affect you. But if you are not so healthy and don't have the right gut biome or whatever you want to call it, all, all that stuff, all the right stuff going on. Uh, a cold can knock you down. Can you know the same yeah. cold can put you out? So it's kind of like that with the plants for sure. So the best, the best offense is a great defense. I think is what the saying is, and yep. the best defense with the plant is just being super healthy, especially if you can get a healthy soil. Healthy soils are, are fantastic. Nice. Um, and then, like we said, preventatives. Honestly, like if you. Preventatives, the worst part about preventatives is actually doing it, is saying, I don't see a problem, but it's Tuesdays, and on Tuesdays, I do this. Especially, you know, if you don't make, you're not making money on your garden, or if you don't make money on your garden, or you're getting to the end of your product, or whatever. There's so many things that, it's like, man, it's kind of a pain in my ass. Like, maybe I just won't do it. But I tell you what, when you find that good IP, that good schedule that works for you, and it can work for you as far as products or as far as, you know, Tuesday afternoons, I have most of my time. So I run this product on, and this product on Tuesdays. And then my only other day that I have time is Sundays. So I run this product on Sundays and this is my schedule because of that. Um, but you will use far less product preventing it than controlling it. So, you know, the, the, just because you run preventatives doesn't mean you won't get bugs. Right. But I can almost guarantee you, you will not only slow down bugs severely, but you will catch them faster because you're going to actively be in there spraying for them. So you're going to be in there like say, hey, this is part of my protocol. This is something I'm actually paying attention to. I found, yeah, this bug would have had millions of them in here, but I got them. There's only 10,000. It's in this corner. Now, you know, week six of flower, 
you find this problem, you might be able to take out a really bad plant or two or spray it really hard with some water and slow down an infestation and get out of flower. You know, you might be able to take it eight weeks at that point. Like it's just, it's, um, it's huge in my opinion, you know, preventative, not reactive. Right. Right. Good, man. I mean, when I had my problem, I, I wasn't really being preventative when I had those fungus gnats. I didn't sure. know, you know, but while so I was like, whoa, I got a fucking problem. So I had to be reactive, but if I would have took care of it and added stuff that I wanted to from the beginning, I probably wouldn't have had the problem. But yeah. so just a lot of people don't know. You don't yeah. know what you don't yeah, know. Sure. You know, well, it's hard. It's like, so you're growing, you say you're just starting out. You never had that problem yet. You don't even know. You might not even know it's a problem. I think that happened on my, I think I have that happened on my fourth grow. So I didn't even realize I was going to fucking, you know, I was like, oh, I'm fucking homegrown. I don't, you know, I'm not, like I said, I, I don't plant a garden outside. You know, I don't plant tomatoes or any of that stuff. Mrs. Wee Man always did. So it's just like, I don't pay attention to that shit. I always thought it's just, you let shit happen. It happens. There's good bugs. There's bad bugs. They're going to fight one other, one of each other off. And as long as I still get fucking the end product, I'm good, you know, but knowing now and learning more from you and learning more on the show, you know, yes, start off by being preventive and not reactive. So, and some like that too, could literally be as easy as spraying diatomaceous or sprinkling it on top of your pot and just sprinkling it on there and saying, this is what I do this week. And this is, you know, and then really you'll probably change it a million times. Right. Say this is what I think I should do, and then you'll probably get a problem, and you'll say, "This is how I think I got this problem. I'm not actually defending this as well as I thought I was. I'm changing this product to that product, or I'm adding this, or taking this out, and whatever it is." Um, but yeah, that's great, and then you you know you learn for next time. That's it. So what's what's your personal? We everybody know everybody knows mine. It's not very good but have something. So, but what's your personal IPM schedule look like? So I don't spray in flour. Um, the only time, the only time I spray in flour is just straight water. Uh, I do it for a few reasons. First off, I'm pollinating a branch. Like a lot of times when I run my breeding projects, I'll take, uh, I'll, I'll get a Ziploc bag and I'll put it in and I'll put it over my mail. And then I'll zip it up and I'll spray everything with water, including myself. And I'll let it chill for a while because water kills pollen. And then I'll go into the room and I'll spray everything with water except for, or except for like the area I want up the, of the branch I want to pollinate. Then I pollinate that branch. And I spray everything around it with water again. Um, so I'll spray straight water, RO water. Um, I'll do it for that. And I do it because I use diatomaceous earth as a spray and veg and it sticks to the branches really well, uh, with the soap. That's why I like it because then I can take it into flower and it can grow all the way through flower and I can still see it on the branches that I get to the end. And so I just do it because I don't, I noticed the first time I used it when I was taking it down, I saw some of the diatomaceous earth falling off. And it doesn't fail tests. It's not bad to smoke or anything. It's it's literally nothing. Um, but I still don't want it there. And so when I spray it down at the end, it kind of washes some of that. Anything available right there that would fall off washes it down the branch. Gotcha. Or off. So, um, but so in veg, what I do 
and it will change every now and again. Not necessarily what I use, but like the days I use it. So on Mondays, I usually use the Lost Coast Plant Therapy with a foliar food. Um, the Lost Coast Plant Therapy is the alcohol oil and um, soap spray. Uh, I do that just because I want to do a foliar food anyway. And that just is a nice additive. Sometimes I don't use Lost Coast Plant Therapy. Sometimes I'll just put a little soap and alcohol in it. Sometimes, you know, I just, sometimes I eat a little sample. I have a couple of samples of this lemon oil. And sometimes I just use some of this lemon oil because it smells real good. Um, <laughs> but I, just, I just use it with the food. Right. And I just, you know, if I, you know, I'm spraying the food anyway, might as well add some of that. On Tuesday then, I will, and this won't be every Tuesday, um, about once a month. Um, that one's a little different for me. It just really depends on when plants are coming in and out and like what things are going on. But I get my diatomaceous earth spray. So I spray everything. I want my tables, my walls. I want everything fucking covered in that. Um, actually, it's just been, I love it. It's been, uh, I don't, another reason I don't, so in that vet, in that room, in that bedroom, I don't have an air conditioner. I don't have a dehumidifier. I don't, those kinds of things can get like dusts and stuff can really clog them up. Um, so I don't have to worry about that. On Wednesdays, I use my Botanic Guard medium spray. That's every Wednesday in flower and in veg. I spray the mediums. That's the pots. Um, in veg on small solo cups, I think I mentioned this already, but I'll do, to get them inoculated, I do a spray, three sprays every other day. And then it's once a week with their on the regular schedule. Um, that's on Wednesdays. And then on Thursdays, I water a tea, which I get ready on Tuesdays, usually Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. That tea is going to have a lot of like bacterias and funguses with some different foods and stuff. Um, and then I usually let that tea kind of brew. I want it to brew a little longer. So just kind of depending on what I want to do there, when I add foods to it, I brew it longer. Um, so if it's only going to be a bacterial tea, it'll be two days, maybe 18, maybe 36 hours. A food tea, I start brewing on Friday, and I add I add uh, Hybrix, which is a molasses to it, like every other day. But um, tea goes in on Thursdays, or on Wednesday, uh, Thursdays, and then on Friday is when I water regalia into everything. Uh, so that's when I'm doing my reservoir changes. It's the very end of my reservoirs. It's kind of regalia is from Rome Bio, the knotweed extract for the powdery mildew. Uh, what regalia actually does is buffs up the defense system of your plant. So not only is it preventative, but it's giving my girls some, uh, some muscles. And uh, I, don't, I haven't seen powdery mildew for a really long time. That's good. But I really, really like that product. Nice. Not as a spray, but as watering in. But yeah, that together. Um, so the the Lost Coast Plant Therapy spray will pretty much kill any bug it hits. The diatomaceous earth is specifically for mites. It stays on the plant. Uh, it's also a silica. Um, I've noticed my, my stems definitely get a little bit harder, um, a little bit more brittle too. But uh, it's also a silica, but it's specifically there for mites. Um, dude, I do not want to go through ever another russet or broad mite problem. And it was very obvious how they live and how they reproduce and how they live their cycles that I wasn't going to be able to zap them with an oil. 
Bucks. So, um, and then the regalia, like I said, is for the uh, powdery mildew. The botanic guard sprayed is going to be for any of my medium bugs. And then the tea is to add an organic aspect to everything and to buff up my strength as well and uh, give my plant a little bit of extra defense. There you go. So I found that that together, I've been able to not spray in flower at all. I only do that in veg. Um, I rarely spray over a half gallon to a full gallon at a time. Um, so even though I'm spraying decently often, I don't use very much product at all. Um, and it has been able to, for the most part, especially since the, getting that specific recipe, like 100% bug free, basically. I could get a few gnats every now and again, but I just, I use that little botanic guard spray and um, usually clean the, the drains and I'm good. Nice. Nice. So there's the, there's the schedule, everybody. There's the schedule that big girl does. So uh, me, myself, I'm going to keep, I'm going to look for the easier way. So that's too much for me. <laughs> so, yeah, it is kind of a lot. It's just, you know. But you're growing, you're growing, man, you're a caregiver. You grow a lot of plants. You got a lot to take care of. I have two plants, three tops. What is good for somebody like myself to keep it simple, silly, because nobody's stupid. I say K-I-S-S, it's keep it simple, silly. Yeah. So for somebody who's silly like me, how do I keep it simple? Like what? Do I, what? What would be like the one or two things I actually need to keep it preventative versus defensive? Like where I start from the beginning. What would be the simplicity that's not going to break a budget? That's going to keep it simple for somebody who's kind of not so smart when it comes to uh, reading instructions. So the 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 cheapest I would think of would be to buy your own ISO, use that with a soap. Um, Bronner's is perfect. Um, maybe say fuck it to the oil, um, making it like like the Lost Coast Planet Wash or whatever, just the ISO, soap spray, and then do top dresses uh, with diatomaceous earth or sulfur or both if you wanted to on your plants uh, a few times. Um, one thing that I think and that, uh, you know, a lot of people really stress is getting your cards in there, the yellow and blue cards, and really reading those. Because that will tell you before you notice a problem, before you see them buzzing, before you hear them popping in the light, or I don't know, it, for people who want to run LEDs back in the day, when you had those hot ass lights, you could smell your fucking bugs. Those little <laughs> bitches would fly up into the light, commit their little suicides, and <laughs> they, you, you'd hear them pop and you could smell them. It was fun. <laughs> so simple, little Dr. Bronner's, little ESO. Uh, Keep it simple. Step mm -hmm. it up if you need to. Perfect. I love it. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, a little top dress. Dr. Mason, you're super uh, inexpensive. Bronner's is inexpensive. Isopropyl alcohol is very inexpensive. Um, and then those yellow cards. Oh, so so you're talking about alcohol. What's the percentage of alcohol? Because, I mean, you can fucking. Yeah. Um, you want. So those are usually like 99%. Um, you know, I don't really. I'm trying to remember the milliliter that I use. I don't think it's, 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 I don't use it a lot, but it's somewhere like 15, 20 milliliters a gallon. Yeah. It's not a ton. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Big girl, man. Uh, that's a good, that's a good topic, huh? Fucking a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I think it's something that 
is hard to really wrap around a little bit and you want an answer like so much stuff with especially with perfecting cannabis growing you want an answer and there's just not really an answer for it there's suggestions and you got to kind of find your own answer you got you know there's a ton of people out there that that hopefully are still listening and they might be thinking diatomaceous earth is duty i don't know why anybody <laughs> ever use that sulfur sulfur and maybe there, you know, it's just so many different things that we can only think about that can change the effectiveness or for everything. So right. just do it on your own. Don't be afraid. If you have any questions, we, we love talking about it. Yeah, reach out. So, but we do have a question. A yeah. question from a listener. Fuzzy Nugs. Yeah. And he asked, I have your Ursula Berry. Well, first Fuzzy Nugs. Ursula Berry is amazing because I'm smoking it on the show. So there's one. Uh, times poo peaches autos. Any tips is as far as size of plant and grow period. Yeah, so he hollered at me about. I get we talked and I liked uh, the topic, so I thought we'd we'd bring up. So first off, like you said, the Ursula Berry F three super nice. Um, some really dark pheno, some really light pheno, and the Pooh's Peaches has been giving like a nice rotten funk to things. Like it's gonna be such a nice. You're gonna love them, but um, so size of a plant, a size of a plant, even autos, can really is really super dependent on how much food power CO two, how much everything you're giving that bad boy. But I would say mine, I keep about three to four foot tall. And like, I give them like a two square foot area. I, I cut them back a lot because I want to grow a lot of them in a the small area to see how they are. Um, and I keep them in a three gallon pot. I fill it up right now. I, I fill up one and a half gallons. And then I add another one and a half gallons like week two of flour, three of flour. Um, because those autos, I'm trying to do a full run with just organic cocoa, with, with organic food added to it. So I'm only actually feeding them right now a molasses and water. Interesting. So my thoughts there were that hopefully they won't suck all the food out or they won't suck all the food out and veg and get too big because I don't want them to get too big anyway. And then I can add the extra food to pump them through flour, I hope. Nice. So a new technique we're learning from Big Earl. <laughs> hey, that's, uh, we'll see how it works, but I'm, I'm hoping that a three-gallon can get them through, um, nice. through it all without having to add – I haven't added any food so far. And there, there's a couple of them are like – they're all looking decent, but the, the early so, – so half of them it's looking like are probably like 85, 90 dayers. And half of them are about 75 dayers, which is which is probably where most of the lines are going to be anyway. But the 75 dayers are, are bosses. They're like beastie and stinky. Um, and then the ones, the 85 dayers, you can tell are a little bit behind those, but they're, they're all really, really nice there. So I'm really excited for them. Nice, nice. So you got a new line coming out? Yeah, we just so the autos, auto flowers, they, they are going through. I have them for sale right now. Um, I got them at about a dollar a seed. Uh, they're going through a lot of their testing in other gardens. I have them going through my first run. Um, as soon as I got, I got like, I think one seed out of the 50 or 60 that were there uh, didn't pop. So I got almost 100% germination on them. 
everybody's really happy. Haven't seen anything negative from him so far. Um, super terpy, man. I tell you what, I don't think maybe I'm just getting better at growing them as auto flowers, but so far I haven't had one where I just walk. Like when I walk, I have very like, what would that be? Like, like 12 and a half percent of my room is dedicated to auto flowers. And I try to cram these little bitches in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so they do not have very much room and they are, they stink up the area. Now the, the, the plants around them aren't super, aren't, aren't flowering. They went in after them. They're week one. So it's like, you know, but it's, they're so early in flower and so terpy already. I'm very, very excited for them. Nice. Love it. Love it. So yeah. new line, new yeah, auto line, just... but big girl. Love and it. I just cut down the plants. Um, so the, this won't be coming out for a little while. I got to still germinate them and make sure everything's with the um, photo periods. I want to at least grow them through once. The auto flowers, I'm looking at a little differently. But um, that uh, stanky haze line just came down. So I have those F2s and uh, yeah. those popped. Got 100% germination on everything except for the actual F2. I have two of those not popped. So. I'm going to do those another round and see uh, what's going on with those. But um, everything looks so nice so far. Everything super fast. Got the taproot very, and they're fresh. So maybe that's it. But super fast taproot, super small, delicious little plants. Um, should have some really fun. That stinky haze is very GMO-y, but it has like the larger, fluffier haze flowers on it. So if you grew GM, if you ever grown GMO, they're super dense little flowers. At least mine all are. And so um, I don't dislike growing it. I just you you it almost looks like you're not getting the yield off it with mine because it's like oh, there's a lot of there's two inches of stem and another flower and an inch of stem and another flower. And yeah, the last flower looks good, but I want like my whole stack to look good, you know? Right. That's so. just perfecting perfecting that plant, right? Just trying to get it to well, do what you want eventually. More the more you what, know, uh, the more you learn. Yeah, that's what the stanky haze was for me. So that line I'm really excited about. And uh, literally today I put in the mail for the Uncle John's Packy headband run. Damn. So, uh, that. man, I just, I got some Olympus headband cross and I fucking fell in love with the Olympus headband. And I can't find it very many places. And that was a pack that has been intriguing me for a really long time. And so I popped half a pack of it and they're old ass seeds. I got, I think three of them to go. All were males, but one in particular, like was terpy as fuck. The, just was different, super strong, super well-structured. Like right away, I was like, that's for sure going to be, I don't know. Before I knew if it was male or female, it was like, that's the one that I'm going <laughs> to. The other ones looked fine, you know, but it was like, that one was just like, it was like when, uh, Griswold walked into the forest and the light shining down on the tree. All those other trees in the forest were great. Those were all healthy, nice trees, but that was the tree. Nice. So new projects, <laughs> new stuff, new, new, yeah. new stuff to look out for on, on big girls, big girls, uh, on his Instagram. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, make sure you check out, uh, follow Earl two one seven on Instagram. And what's the other one? The, the, I am the regal beagle. Yeah. I am the regal beagle. There you go. Make sure you follow him on both of those and uh, always check out eightdecades.com. Mrs. Weedman and Mr. Weedman, check us out. Our site, 
You can find out all of our fucking tags and handles on there. Hey, everybody out there in the world. We love you. We appreciate you listening to us. Big girl, man, it's time to end the show. You got anything else to say, my friend? No, not much. I um, We had all this IPM talk. We didn't bring it up, but make sure you're throwing some CalMag in there with your IPM stuff. <laughs> Don't forget the CalMag, everybody. Peace. Peace.